Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we're in part four in our conversation. We hope you enjoy. Community or like community society, you can be interchangeable with this in this conversation. But creating a, a society that we want to be a part of, we have to see that there's, I have a purpose and my purpose is needed and necessary for the flourishing of that society. And when my neighbor my neighbor is doing well, I'm doing well. When my neighbor hurts, I hurt. And so, and so as a group, if we all have that understanding that loving your neighbor as yourself, that's that whole, like, like that is why I think our faith as Christians pushes us to create a healthy society around us. Because if I see my neighbor going through something hard and I love them as myself, I'm going to put the effort in to improve and help them get to where they need to be because I know one day they're going to be able to do that for me. Because if they, if they love their neighbor as their self, so they love me as they love themselves, then we are all collectively working to, to improve something around us. That's why we need each other. And what that looks like day in and day out. And so instead of it just being theoretical, what it's looking like, it, like guys in the refuge who are hearing this is when you see a guy who's in his first week in phase two in Columbus, struggling, coming back from work, being tired, not knowing how, how he's going to handle it. You were in those shoes four, five, six months ago. You can be the one to help push him, encourage him to see that there, this is why we're doing it. This is what you learned from it. It's that, that giving and taking of, of, of your time with the people around you that you, you, and the guys in third and fourth phase would probably have never met any of the guys who are in second phase right now if you weren't in this community or society called the refuge. That's what it is. Yeah, there, there's a there's a deep reward, an intrinsic reward uh, that comes from, or I'll just call it satisfaction. That comes from help, like seeing others benefit from your presence in in the in the community and i think i think where a lot of people uh, feel disconnected and alone and lonely is because they don't they don't have that experience of seeing their presence positively impact the community but in order for that to happen um, there's got to be engagement. There's got to be some level of service. Like the people that I feel like get, uh, get most, there's just a deep sense of satisfaction when you get to help you, what you are good at when, and everybody has skills benefits someone else. And I think what we get to see at the refuge, which is really encouraging is men waking up to their own giftedness and seeing how positive, just seeing how their presence is positive for the, for the people around them, but also to their families. And that's just so life-giving. You know, we've got guys that go through the refuge and then they serve. They stay on and help for a while um, called coordinators after they're done and the common thing I've heard time and time again is that that experience has been so life-giving for guys because they're helping the guy behind them. And that's an example of this. They're, they're willingly engaging in community. That's hard to your point, Austin, 
but it's so rewarding because, because you see how, how you can have a positive impact on others. And that's an example of, of the opposite of antisocial behavior, of, of, of being social, of putting yourself out there. And I think it's important to just have that framework of, listen, I really believe that like evil's aim is isolation. And if that's true, I think we have to consistently take notice and ask ourselves, like, are we, are we isolating? Are we isolated? And, And the problem with addiction is there's so much shame associated with it often. People feel bad, right? Because they're hurting. Maybe they've hurt others and it makes you want to hide. Shame makes you want to hide. But as we know, that's, that's a toxic cocktail right there because it's like, I do, I do something I'm not proud of. I hide. I isolate. That perpetuates more addictive behavior. That addictive behavior makes me feel ashamed. I hide. We just keep digging ourselves into a deeper and darker hole. And the way out is to round, is to surround ourselves with people who, who love us. And for some who've gone through a lot of trauma or pain or, or strife, like maybe, maybe you've been let down by people that were supposed to care for you. And so sometimes isolation is a mechanism for self-protection because I don't want to be hurt again. But the problem is, as we know, is if, if you don't surround yourself with people and you are alone, you're, you're, you're still hurting there too. Yeah. There's something really interesting about uh, what I think healthy communities do to address that hurt. It's how we use or how we heal from it. So if we just use our coordinators, the guys who are leaders in the refuge, there's a prerequisite or a requirement in order for you to be a coordinator in the refuge. You have to have been addicted. You have to have struggled with addiction in your past, something that most guys wouldn't want to put in there on their resume. Like, what is it required to be a leader here at the ref at the refuge as a coordinator? You have had to have struggled really bad and gotten to the point where you needed to come into a long-term recovery uh, ministry like the refuge. Like, we need that brokenness. And what's more, we need you to be able to t- talk about and share without shame that brokenness in your past, because that sharing your story, sharing the brokenness broken parts in your story is what gives you strength and gives strength to the other guys who have experienced the same brokenness. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with part five in our conversation. We'll see you then.